whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Women in Gridiron. Uh, this week, unfortunately, we are missing a few panelists due to illness and other other commitments that they have going on in their lives. Um, but it's me and Christy tonight, the best of the panelists that we have between us two. So I feel like you guys are in for a great episode. You're not missing out at all with the two of us. Um, to get us started this week's episode, let's have a chat about what you guys are doing Um, or what you could be doing in your preseason in terms of activities or what clubs are doing um, in terms of recruitment, what you can go down and try out and see what they're doing. Um, For me, usually in my preseason, I'm doing a lot of fitness um, training. I'm making sure I'm getting my stamina ready for football. Um, I'm doing a lot of agility stuff. I'm working on my feet, um, positional drills, stuff like that. Um, and with our club at Sydney Uni, they're doing um, some open days where you get to go and um, have a run around with some coaches who are there running you through some drills through each position you can go through as well so that when it does come time to preseason, that you have a bit of an idea on where you would like to start training. Um, what are you up to in the preseason, Christy? Yeah, so um, for me personally, I'm playing a totally different sport. I'm playing rugby at the moment, but that's really good at keeping me hit fit. Um, what we like to call in gridiron hit fit so um, and just generally fit as well so hopefully some of those skills will um, transfer over and it'll be a seamless um, (laughs) move from one season to the other who needs the rest not me Um, so yeah that's all that footwork is all involved in that that sort of stuff Um, and we're we're very similar so we do start doing some pre-season where it's everybody in uh, anybody and everybody is in so guys girls um adults cults whomever um and we do we start getting our bodies into the i guess the gridiron positions you know so um whether that's three-point stances or you know two-point stance or whatever it is um just starting to get the body into those sorts of things and getting some concepts down and practicing those those one percenter um things as well so but as for recruitment um we have actually um as a club um got some really great um people within the within the club that are really quite social media savvy uh or media savvy and we've actually had a big push on the social media and done some great stuff there um and that just goes to show that a lot of these recruitment activities come down to former players coming back or current players coming back and doing a lot of the legwork and helping out club committees to do it. We're also doing come and try days, which are again, training sessions, pre-season training sessions, much like yours, Beck, um, where you get to try all different positions. So for me as a running back, I love it because it allows me to, to do something a bit different, appreciate that other position. And you know which one I'm going to talk about, that linebacker position. I get a chance to rumble and pretend I'm a linebacker for, uh, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, but it also, for anybody who's a rookie or looking to change a position um, from season to season, it's a it's really good opportunity to get down there and, and start to learn ahead of time. But it's all about the come and try, give it a go and start getting back into it and start getting that community started again. That's the fun yeah. part. I love that. And it's great. Like you mentioned, being playing a different sport during the off season definitely helps to keep you that hit fit. Cause I feel like that's such a super important part 
of um, coming into pre-season and preparing for an actual season is to make sure that your body is well prepared for that contact because we all know the contact is massive and huge. And another really good point I think you made was, you know, making sure that your vets and your old players are coming down to these common try days and coming down to pre-season activities because the best way to recruit, especially for us women, is have other women at these days so that, you know, people coming down are having familiar faces that they can look at and say, you know, there's other women here. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm going to go and try. And it really helps to bring in that team team morale together. 100%. And I think one thing that you also need to, we also need to highlight is for vets coming down and doing those basic skills and drills, you can, that can, that never gets old. If you want to get better each season, if you want to improve on your last season, it's about those basics. It's going back to those basics so that they are so automatic so that when you want to add things to your repertoire, and I, and that's one thing I do every season, I decide on what one thing I want to add, one skill I want to add to my repertoire to make me a different player yet again. Um, but I make sure that I've got all the other stuff that's in my toolbox down pat. That's the that's the bread and butter stuff. So it's really good that vets don't just come along when, you know, it's close to season start and we've got to start getting ready. Um, not only are you there to teach others, but it's also really good for your personal prep if you want to go that next level each season. So I really highly recommend yeah, get there as soon as preseason starts. We can never be too good at the basics. Like, I mean, NFL teams are going through their preseason at the moment and they do a few highlights on their Instagram pages. So if you follow a team and you see what they're doing in their preseason, they are all doing basic skills at the moment, going back to those bases and perfecting those. And once you have that as a good base, like you said, it's going to make you uh, an amazing player and be able to build on that repertoire to turn you into the best player you can be. All right, let's head into our playbook episode for this week. Some people are just great at all aspects of the game. When they step foot on the field, it's their show. Double right, scat right, double cowboy. Went 94 feet, did a roll step, made a right-hand layup timeout. The most important thing is film study. We work a lot on short passing with our forwards. You talk about somebody to know the playbook, know where everybody's supposed to be, know the other team, coaches, style of coaching, how his ball club's going to play. And this week we are looking at the zone, outside zone run play, which I feel like um, Christy would be a sim- uh, one of the favourite of the run plays for you because, I mean, if you've ever watched a game, you especially in the women's league, we tend to like to run outside a lot because that's where all the space is on the field and a lot of scoring plays come off the back of a zone, an outside zone run. Can you give us a little rundown on... Um, what it's like from a running back's perspective coming into that outside zone run. Yeah, it's um, for someone, uh, you get um, a couple of different types of running backs, um, but this is obviously a concept for a run a play that's around based on um, some, some blocking schemes. So um, uh, for someone like me, he's probably a more what you'd call evasive rather than a, I do. I don't mind going downhill, but I'm probably my go to is probably more evasive type running is to get on that outside. And it's very much as it sounds. I, I love American football. It's so uh, literal, but it's about getting into that, getting that ball and running that ball on the outside uh, of the zone. So I guess the um, best way to describe it is as um, um, you, you as that ball carrier is trying to get to the outside. The blocking scheme is on that play side is 
um, I guess the philosophy is cutting off the defensive player in that next gap. So it's going laterally um, so that the running back can go laterally. So your protection goes laterally so that you can go um, run that ball laterally and have that protection. Um, there's a lot of timing involved. Um, and what you're what essentially the concept is you're trying to move that that defensive um, that interior defensive particularly players uh, laterally as well. One, it tires them out. Um, but secondly, uh, it actually changes. So uh, each defensive player, for those who um, haven't played defense, they will have a gap responsibility or a gap assignment. Um, and what you're essentially doing is shifting that um, because the offense shifts. Um, to that outside zone, you're actually moving that um, assignment for that defensive player. So they suddenly have to change their angles and things like that. So it's actually quite uh, quite uh, a good test on defense. So um, and it allows people like myself to um, hide behind that protection as it's moving laterally and look for those holes. So if uh, one of those defensive players does not adjust. It opens up uh, either a cutback for me or if um, all of my blocking happens beautifully um, and we're able to cut off all of those defensive angles, I've got the outside lane and I can run it all day. So um, it's, it is not, it's simple in its con- concept, but actually quite difficult to master or execute. Yeah, so, we were talking about this before we started um, recording tonight about how it seems like as such a simple play outside zone. Mm. Like you think that you hear it and you're like, right, I'm running to the outside with some zone blocking in front of me, like outside zone, super simple. But when you actually come down to looking at the technicalities of the play and how to get it off perfectly, it's, it's a very timed play and it's a very patient play for that running back in the backfield. As much as you want to grab the ball and sprint downfield into the first gap that you see, you have to, like you said, keep in mind that the O-line is moving laterally in front of you to make those blocks in order to create lanes for you. And that outside lane may open up beautifully for you, but you need to have patience and wait for that to happen because, you know, defences could be on that outside and really shut it that outside out down and you may have to create a cutback lane for yourself and keep an eye out where where that defense has missed a gap in blocking for you to be able to run through. So, and yeah, go on. For the O-line, that means that, you know, they have to be really precise in their assignments and know exactly who they're blocking and where they're reaching for. So it becomes difficult for the O-line because then again, it's a different style of block that they need to be able to adjust to, especially if there is that outside linebacker or someone outside that they need to reach out and push in for you. Yeah. So, um, and, and when I said, you know, you're cutting off that person, that defensive person in the next gap, that will sometimes mean that our O-lineman has to check and then go down downfield um, to the secondary um, to cut that off. So um, it, it actually requires a lot of athleticism uh, from your offensive team. Um, and it, particularly from your O-line um, uh, for them to be able to move laterally. So you've got to have, you also got to have the personnel to do that as well because sometimes you'll have a powerhouse O-line um, that you probably, that may, mightn't be as quick. So you mightn't be uh, prone to do the outside zone type plays, uh, run plays. But, um, yeah, so you, you, you need the personnel for that. But uh, in the backfield, 
you need to have be able to have the ability to read. It's a very good play to build as a running back your ability to read. You really have to have your head on a swivel. You have to be looking for all those gaps. Um, and you have to be patient, like you said, and know when to, uh, what I call, drop the hammer. So cut cut up field and go um, and pick your timing. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So it's beautiful when it comes off. Beautiful. It is, it is love it. when it comes off. And speaking of personnel, I feel like it um, is a play that can evolve as you grow in numbers on the field. For us in New South Wales, we hopefully are moving to nine aside, but have only played seven aside in the last few years. And this outside zone um, it kind of typically does turn into just an outside run because there is so much room out there. And because we do only have the three linemen blocking down, we don't necessarily have the personnel or the backups to be able to come on and interchange that O-line because there is only the three of them. Um, so, you know, as you move to nine aside, you can evolve this play a little bit more by adding in a tight end to be that reach blocking, that speed block to be able to get out and get down to second level for you. Um, have you found that going to 11 aside again has been able to add more depth into this outside zone? Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. It's good to start um, in doing these sorts of things because it's just easier to see. Um, there's less players when you're doing a nine aside um, or, you know, um, you do you might have to bring in a tight end or what, what have you, but that extra line protection. But um, but when you get to 11 aside, you have that extra protection there. So you can... Um, you know, you can set yourself up to look like you're doing something different and be running that outside zone concept. But um, uh, the only thing I'd say from a running back perspective with um, 11 aside that you have to adjust to is um, a gap in nine aside for you to run down, a hole for you to run down. You probably get through with pads on, you know, um, facing straight forward and you could get through that gap that's how wide that gap is whereas in 11 aside it's probably half that so you do you do see it's a tiny gap it's you kind of have to shimmy in there uh, yeah it gets a lot smaller so uh it's harder to spot um and it, it takes a little getting used to to, to actually recognize that oh that is an actual gap it's not what i'm used to but it's not as you can't see daylight like you perhaps would on and seven or nine aside um so yeah you have you just have to get used to and that's just reps just used to spotting that and punching through and being able to get skinny to to straighten up again and go through yeah yeah and what i love about this outside zone is like you said you could be running through multiple different gaps each time you run this play like you call an outside zone you could be running you know outside the line you could be running in between your guard and your tackle you could be running you know even in between your center and your guard depending on what gaps open up for you and it makes it so difficult for the defense to be able to cover that especially with the cutback because like you said everyone tends to swing and sway to the side of the field where the zone is happening so in a, in a defensive perspective, I feel like, um, like you said, as coming up against an outside zone, you really need to make sure that your defense are gap sound and that they aren't getting pushed across by this O-line into, you know, gaps that they aren't necessarily supposed to be covering or over-pursuing as well. I feel like over-pursuing is such a big thing for us women in the league that we see something happening and we just automatically attack 100% and forget that we do have to be gap sound um which is super important with this outside zone in terms of defense yeah and offense we are we are sneaky 
um, and we'll probably, you know, we'll play the long game in. And I, what I like to do is run the outside, run the outside, run it hard, run it quick and hard. Um, and the, you start to watch the defense flow straight away because if you're using a speed defense note, oh, it's on again. I've got to get out there um, to stop the running back. Got to get there. Um, and that's when, uh, you know, maybe in the second quarter or the second half, you start to time that a little better. They start to over uh, to over pursue, and you can tell it's a shift of the hips. They're they're, they're facing. Um, they go. Uh, yeah, they go on sidelines. Their hips are to the sideline, and and um, as a veteran running back, I have made a career on the cutback on those. So I, you'll often notice I'll bring the cutback in. Oh, I'm fully giving away my game plan, but in the second half, um, because you know you got fatigue there too, and defense are trying to get there as quickly as possible, um, and that cutback lane is back on, and it's. Um, yeah. yeah, and especially even if you are, like you said, in that first half, constantly hitting that outside, hitting that outside. Halftime, defences tend to adjust to what is happening and then, you know, they start to bring a few more defences, like they might bring uh, safety over into that outside gap. They might um, change up the way their D-line lines up. So then you do, you know, have more people loaded onto that outside and then, again, it allows that cutback every yeah. single time. But Again, in this play, what I really enjoy about it too is it's a very physical play as well. Like you, O-line are hitting players straight away. The defense is coming in super hard. You need to make a quick read to identify what is happening. And then even um, once you do, you know, hit that outside or get into that gap, there's always going to be someone coming down hard on you. So as a running back, you need to be prepared for contact and be able to run through that as well, which is what we all love about Gridiron is how full on the contact is. Each yeah, play. and and it's not always and it's not always just looking for where um, as a running back or a backfield looking for where the defense have um, maybe not adjusted or maybe uh, not uh, honored their gap assignment. It's also because I, I like an offense, uh, particularly the O line, but offensive team to choreography. You got to time it nicely. Everybody, you know, if we're all going right, everybody's got to go right together. But if somebody's a little goes a bit faster and the next person's a little slower. That leaves a gap for a blitzing linebacker and running backs. You have to play eyes up and see that. Um, and the best, uh, I love blitz, um, believe it or not, because where that, that linebackers come from, if you can evade them on the fly, if they're not controlled, that they've left a gap um, where they used to be. So you've got to play eyes up and that's the, the excitement of this play. It could go any which way. That's so true. It could go because, like you said, if you do have a off-timed line in front of you and it does open up a wide gap for a D lineman or a linebacker to come through, if they aren't over-pursuing and they are, you know, um, able to spot you in the backfield, then that's that's a play for loss straight away, straight there, if your running back isn't able to identify that quick I enough. Mean, and for us defensive players, that is super exciting. We love to get backfield tackles and we will take it all day, every day. And I feel like, yeah, like you said, if the timing isn't right, if you haven't practiced this outside zone enough, it can very easily end bad in that backfield. And again, that comes down to that timing of the handoff with the running back, uh, with your quarterback and your running back as well. It's not just the lineman. It's the relationship between everyone on offense. Yeah, 100%. And why, and um, uh with that as well, with the with the eyes up, it's it, there's nothing worse as a running back. One of the worst stats you can get is obviously fumbles. 
um, and tackle for losses. Like, we don't want that. Um, defense love it. And it just puts their, their tails in the air and, and they've got the momentum and we don't want that. So, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Play eyes up. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Um, and also another thing with this outside zone is it can create so many other options as well. Like you can make every single play look like an outside zone, which is what I love about it. You can line up in the exact same formation, have the same blocking, have the same handoff kind of style, but be able to create multiple different plays coming out of that. And that's what I love about outside zone as well, that, you know, again, you can trick that defense into thinking that you're going, you're going, you're going, and you will go, and then you can change it up on them. And you can even go into like a pass play, um, a quarterback keep, a rollout. Like there are so many options coming out of the outside zone, which is what, yeah, makes it really difficult to defend against. Back having played defense, when you, um, as, as a linebacker, um, when you recognize that the outside that we're playing an outside zone run, what's because uh, um, obviously with offense we have our calls, we have pre calls, and and um, that's it. But um, defense is obviously more reactive, so you've got to communicate with your um, with your teammates. Uh, so we talked about us moving like a unit. Is what kind of communications do you do with your team to alert them to to this? Yeah, so obviously for defense, um, we either play a man or a zone. Um, but the first thing before even getting into those is recognizing whether it's a pass and a run. And that's one of the very first things you want to communicate as a defense so that everyone can identify and know whether they're going forward or backwards, um, especially in that linebacker position, because, you know, you could be stuck on your back feet if you don't read it quick enough. So definitely once you identify that it is a run, you are calling out runs so that your entire defense knows where to go and that they are going forward and pursuing um, the ball carrier. Once you identify that it's an outside run, um, I think it more comes down to your responsibility and your gap and your man. Um, so for the D-line, you know, you're staying in your gap, you're getting off blocks, you're making sure that you're getting into that backfield and not getting pushed down the field and stuck battling with the person in front of you. Um, for us, our corners usually have outside contain. So it's making sure that they're not cutting inside their receivers um, to go to pursue into the backfield. It's making sure that they're getting off the receiver block and pursuing from the outside. Um, and the same for the linebackers. If they have that outside contain, again, um, not getting caught up, not, you know, having hands-on fights with linemen who are coming downfield at you it's beating them outside and staying inside that 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 gap that they're responsible for but then again that all changes because if you have a pulling lineman in this outside zone which changes everything you have to make sure that you're aware that your gap is now moving across that you don't have the C gap anymore you have the D gap so you need to make sure that if you are identifying that there's a pulling lineman that you are calling that out to your D line and your linebackers as well. So everyone is aware that, you know, you need to move over a gap. So it's a lot of in-play calling out and recognition again, but again, it has to be a team effort because if one person doesn't contain that outside, which is what we see happen all the time in these types of plays is, you know, someone gives up outside contain or someone gets blocked in, you know, something like that. And then that play is just bread and butter every single time if that linebacker or that corner isn't getting off that block and containing outside. And 
it's a coach killer. And, you know, as a player, when you get beat and you feel like you haven't done your job and your responsibility, you feel like you're letting the team down as well. So again, like we said in the warm up, it comes down to making sure that you go to preseason and you practice those basics, which are getting off blocks, coming downfield, recognizing run or pass. All of those things come into play when you are on the field. You put all those basics together and it makes you be able to um, do your job on the field and hopefully stop an offense from scoring. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's really interesting. And I wanted um, everyone to hear that that that's it's very individualistic, but as a team. Um, so you all have to recognize that you all have to know your jobs and know how that changes, um, how your job might change, like you said, if there's a pulling guard, okay. Um, and I and as a linebacker, I can see that better than my D line can see it, and I need to communicate that to them so that um, everybody's got their their gaps on it. And and I think about um, you know the poor corners, um, they they having those outside contained. So let's talk about outside contained. That's that's a tough one because it can be so tempting when you see like that bloody Christy Moran there she's right there I can make a tackle if I just come inside she's right there um but we're 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 forever conditioning the defense so I straighten to look like I'm going downhill they think I'm going cut you know jump cut out and I'm suddenly on the outside again so it's that discipline with knowing that if I stay on my outside that running back has to straighten up and go downfield. And I have to trust that my next level, my linebacker is coming across and doing their job, even though she's right there and I might be able to, you know, break my discipline for two seconds. I've got to trust that that what I'm doing is actually sending her to a tackle rather than making the tackle. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's the hardest thing to do thinking that you can make that tackle if you just come inside. Um, But I think we forget that outside contain we say it for a reason because all of the help is on the inside. You are the last person on that sideline. You are the last person um, to make a tackle on that outside area. And the gaps on the outside are so much bigger than the gaps on the inside. So you really have to make sure that you are pushing and squeezing that gap to be smaller while containing at the same time, because all of that help is on the inside. You have your linebackers coming across. You have your safety coming down. You have the D-line possibly pursuing from behind or sliding across as well. So super important as a corner to contain that outside because once it's broken, there's no support for you. You, you end up chasing from behind and nine times out of 10, you're not catching them unless you are speeding Gonzalez, Christy Moran, who's just. <laughs> well, and, and if, what you're doing is you're actually, um, you're changing so you essentially allow uh, a running back to get on the outside and you've had a safety coming down at an angle thinking that you're keeping that outside contained so all I have is that 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 more inner running channel and suddenly now I'm on the outside you've completely changed everyone's angles to make that tackle now which gives me as a running back you know the upper hand yeah. Now you're, you're like in a communication as well. Like we said, O-line, like offense usually do their pre-snap reads, communicate any adjustments pre-snap for defense. It's mm. all in the play. You're communicating as the play is unfolding so that you are all seeing and hearing and knowing exactly where the ball is going and what your responsibility is when the ball is going that direction. So yeah, it's 
such a complicated play, but such a simple play, like you said, at the same time. Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, let's head into our rapid fire tonight. And we're sticking on theme with what is your favorite concept or favorite outside zone play? So we've talked about outside zone and the basics and how it kind of works, but we also mentioned how, you know, it can create other plays and you can go in different directions um, out of the outside zone. What's a favorite for you? So people will probably assume I've had a lot of success with, um, you know, any of the option plays and things like that as a running back. Um, I've had, you know, I've had some good quarterbacks that can pitch that ball. Um, but actually one of the ones that I really like to do because it just demonstrates um, evolution in the backfield, I guess, and experience together in the backfield is the stretch plays or the stretch handoffs so that's where um, you are very much running that outside angle um, but the QB is actually coming with you and stretching right out and uh, to get you guys have to work together QB and RB to to decide you know whether they fake the handoff and run behind the the running back or um, or when that the angle that the running back has to take it's it's quite um, nuanced so I really like it because um, it requires a bit of complexity and a bit of in-game adjustment. And I think that shows when a QB, when a QB and an RB can do that kind of handoff well together, it shows that those two are working well together in a backfield. Like the biggest threat you can have in the backfield is a QB and a running back who just know how to time things perfectly and make it look effortless to get the play yeah. off. And yeah, if you can do that with a stretch, it does. It looks beautiful and it works well every single time. Um, for me, I I like to go with a sneaky QB keep. I like the the hit the zone outside zone over and over again, and then have that sneaky little QB keep down the middle. Like if you have you know a not so agile quarterback to just hit it hard down the middle, because like I said, everyone's sliding across, so it opens up a nice big gap down the middle. Or a rollout to the backside, you know, everyone's sliding across. You can have that rollout QB keep to nice big open field of running area for your running back. If you do have one who's a little bit speedier and a bit more agile to be able to get to the outside nice and quick. And I I myself has scored a few times off an outside zone QB keep, which is super exciting when that happens, especially when there's no one out there. And you have no fear of getting tackled or getting caught. It's amazing. And I love not getting tackled. I I, I love those two because I love the, um, again, that shows a QB and an RB working together because you've sold something something else. You know, you sold the handoff and you've kept it or or what have you. Or you're using, um, if, if for, for me, obviously, I'm a strong ball runner. I'll have half the defensive team following me wherever I'm going. So why not? you know, use that, use me as a decoy. Um, and like I said, it's the only time I like getting tackled is when I don't actually have the ball and you think I do. And my QB is just skipping off in untouched. It's awesome. Boring touchdowns. Untouched touchdowns are <laughs> favorite. So definitely going to the, yeah, that slide across, trick the defense and do a little keep. I love it. Mm. All right. That's all we have for tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Um, If you like this episode, give it a like, share. We're on socials, share with your friends. We'd love for you to support us 
and mojo and the growing sport of women in gridiron across Australia because the more voices out there sharing our message and sharing how you can become a player and what makes you a good player definitely builds the league and if there's one thing that we want to do as women is build women in gridiron and the league growing across the country um and again thank you share download that's all for tonight You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.